Hello, Brendan. Hello, Nathan. I see you've come to watch the movie for the podcast. Mm, that is the thing that I have come to do with you in this building uh, that some may call a house. Some may call it a house. We can watch this movie for the podcast and record our podcast as podcasters do. <laughs> that sounds like a thing I want to do. Okay. Would you, could I offer you some sort of refreshment, a cold beverage perhaps? Mmm, that would be cold and delicious. Okay, would you like a soda pop or beer? A uh, beer would be the option I would choose. That sounds perfect. I will get up from my chair and go to the fridge and get that. One moment. Waiting, waiting, I am waiting. I the fridge and it is open now. I okay. Have, I have gotten the beer. Mm. Here you go, friend. The beer is now in my hand. Do enjoy. Mm, I am holding it in a natural way. Okay. Are you ready to watch the movie? Is it on 35 millimeter? It is. Then let us watch the movie on the TV screen. Yes, let's. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. No, it is no, 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 we're not, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, it, it is, I am the person they call Brendan. <laughs> no, this isn't our first two episodes, so that's not what we're going to sound like. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, uh, and you are? I'm Nathan. Hey! Hey! The emotion. <laughs> real emotion we've already given this way more emotion than anyone in the movie that we are going to talk about this week and, and given the acting we did to non-act in the opener we've done more acting than there was done in this movie so i mean that's like an inception level thing that we've done here so what you're saying is we're geniuses absolutely i mean was there any doubt <laughs> well here to join our uh, mensa pool is a first-time guest he has a podcast. It's called The Best Movie of the Year So Far. Ladies and gentlemen, John Ellis. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan Nathan. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me for the first time, and I'm guessing after this movie the last time, but it's been I'll enjoy it while I can. You know, you know what? Uh, we, we have done considerably worse on this show, and we have had those people back, so don't feel bad. <laughs> well, I, I went back and checked my 2018 movies when this one came out, and this was not the worst movie of the year that year, at least according to me. The worst wow. one was Home, Holmes and Watson, so we'll discuss that another day. That's that's fair. That's that's, fair. that's in contention. I'm not going to argue that. It's a different kind of worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that movie did have actors in it. And, and they actually did act. I mean, technically, we can say that. They delivered the lines with emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess this movie has actors too, just not our leads. Yeah, they're all in the background and during flashbacks. <laughs> we are talking about the 
yes, I can't believe I'm going to say this on this podcast, although not all his films are perfect, but the Clint Eastwood film, The 1517 to Paris. Mm-hmm. John, I, I, I asked you beforehand, I was like, is there a movie you really want to just tear a new one? Uh, one that one that you got in your in your in your noggin just sitting there and you came up with this very quickly. Please explain. Yeah, very quickly, because it, it angers me, this movie. Um, so <laughs> so angry. Eh? So, so the fifteen seventy Paris. Um, so what's the word? Uh, so I imagine because I listen to you guys a lot. You talk about some movies that are not so great, mm-hmm. um, but some are that are still fun to watch. Yes. Uh, you know, those movies, you can t- those crossover movies that are not good and they're not good, but still fun. Like recently I heard the Spice World uh, review. Uh, and that, that looks like a fun movie. I'm sure it's awful, but at least it looks fun. This Secretly is not really genius. In my this opinion. is not that this yeah. is not that kind of movie. This movie no. is fun in no way whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and what irks me about it, and I, I'm just gonna keep going, guys. And, you know, this may just be my podcast. <laughs> don't you take over. What, what irks me about it is at the heart of this is a there's a good I don't know if it's a good story, but it's at least a good incident of, of real heroes that did a good thing. Yeah. And I feel like we just soiled them with this movie. <laughs> They deserve better than this. So, like, this is not – these guys should get any accolades they can get, but not this. This is not what they deserve. It's pretty unfortunate because I think I think you're right. I think that whenever people think of these guys, they're going to think of this movie rather than the real-life event, <laughs> which we should all say right now, as John said right at the top, when we talk about these these people, we are talking about them in this movie. We're not talking about the real life heroics, the real story that happened. That they was, actually did. Yes, exactly. It was a very <laughs> courageous thing. It was a very brave thing. They are heroes. We're not disputing that. Now but let's even, talk about how bad they're even, acting. Is. But even that gets com- complicated, Brendan, because we're also going to be talking about them in the movie. Right. As as themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know. <laughs> It it was a bold choice what old Clint did with this movie in, in regards to the casting, but it wasn't a wise one. Right. And, I mean, it's worked before. I mean, kind of. I mean, it didn't play the same character, but I think I was mentioned, I was talking to uh, you about this, Nathan, just off the air, I think, last week. I was talking yeah. about how um, they did a sort of a similar thing where they hired a non-actor for the Killing Fields. Yes. And I mean, he had been in Cambodia and had experienced the the same, you know, situation that his character had that he was playing. But that just worked out really well. And I think it was because they had a director that can direct actors (laughs) or (laughs) non-actors say that right now. Yeah, exactly. Clint Eastwood, not known for giving out a lot of direction or speaking well. (laughs) <laughs> right but, but not even to empty chairs yeah that's right well let's get let's get that joke out of the way with now because i knew that was coming <laughs> the second best thing he's ever made or second right. second worst thing he's ever made sorry <laughs> oh what boy against, what are you gonna get his son <laughs> <laughs> scott eastwood you're no paul walker get out of that franchise ouch yeah i said it here don't at me well um, so the 1570 to Paris uh, comes in at a 30 million dollar budget, which seems high to me. I don't know, especially because there's no real names in this movie and there's not a lot of like special effects per se. <laughs> I don't know. There's some pretty decent um, supporting characters in them uh, flashbacks. Steve Urkel was in it. And so <laughs> there, was that's 25 Thomas, right there. It's 25 dollars. <laughs> 
Thomas yeah. Lennon, Tony Hale, yeah, yeah. Jenna Fisher, uh, Judy Greer. So yeah, there are some talented people in the background. It's yeah, stress yeah. in the background. Yes, but this movie cost thirty million dollars, and it actually made fifty-seven million at the box office. Really? So I'm guessing that was largely due to the Murica crowd. Mm, well, it's Clint Eastwood, right? He puts right. his name on something. It usually does fairly well. well so get it's, ready. It's easy this to get those folks in when you get say put Clint Eastwood in it, and these are Americans who saved Europeans. <laughs> this summer, get ready for the 3034 to Paris. What? 3034 to Paris. That's the natural sequel. Oh, just, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan. <laughs> dive into this thing. And then a- afterwards, when we're all done, I will explain military time to you. I'm just doubling it. That's how sequels work. Yeah. Okay. So the 1517 to Paris starts yeah. off. With like a any French film does, uh, s- slow and off-centered. <laughs> and you, you're like, oh shit, we're getting right into the right into the action right away. We're starting on the train. It's gonna be it's gonna be you know intense drama right off the bat. No, let's quickly cut away from that. That's not time for that yet. Don't worry, it's coming soon, you guys, in about 65 minutes. <laughs> they tease it a few other times in between. Oh, yeah, there's lots of flashbacks to that. Or flash-forwards, I guess. Yeah. But we get opening narration from one of the gentlemen, Anthony Sadler. Who oh, they, they don't keep. What? No, they, no. They don't just... keep the narration uh, element to this at all. <laughs> I totally forgot that was even there until you just said that. Like it's, at the, it's at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. and then we don't hear from it again. No, and it's basically like the equivalent of like when you see like a like a, a shitty, well, I mean a shitty movie. I mean like this is, I guess, and someone is like, <laughs> "My name is Jeff, and this is my story." <laughs> That's essentially what it is, because yeah. he says it, it's it, he says you must you must be wondering what I'm doing hanging with these two white dorks. Well. <laughs> They're in my fair, best friends. In fairness, I was kind of wondering that, too. <laughs> Let me take you back. Show it how it all began. <laughs> oh. Oh. So right away, I, like when I saw this, I saw this in theaters, by the way. Um, yeah, but you were working there, right? So you didn't pay for it. No, I did not. Thank God. Okay, good. John, did you have to, did you have to pay for it? Um, this was back in the, the movie past days. So oh, okay. I, and I guess indirectly I paid for it, but <laughs> thankfully a lot less than you normally yeah. would have. Yeah. Um, so right away, I'm, when I saw this in the theater, as soon as that narration happened and what he said and how he said it, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> Cause even the voiceover is like, wow, that acting is terrible. Even at 90 minutes and you see that it's at 90 minutes and you hear that and you're like, this is going to be a long movie. <laughs> this is going to be, yeah. <laughs> um, what I, what I wrote down at this point is like, can you imagine if they had done this movie like that vantage point movie <laughs> where we just went through everyone's POV of the same thing? Oh my, Brandon, I, I would have quit. Uh, it, it turns out Matthew Fox is also the villain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get a super loaded scene about uh, ADD and teachers. Yeah, we could just spend the whole podcast just, talking about this. We're going we're gonna to focus on this scene for the next hour. Yeah, because so Alex and Spencer, uh, their moms, played by Jenna Fisher and Judy Greer, two actresses who are much better than almost everything else in this movie, aside from some of the other supporting people who are very good. Uh 
yeah, they're meeting with the teacher who is basically is like saying they're they're talking about their kids getting bullied, and the teacher turns it around by saying, "Well, I think they have ADD because they're staring out the window." <laughs> and it's a very yeah, it's a very very subtle. Um, you gotta really you gotta really watch carefully to catch what Clint Eastwood's trying to say with this scene. Um, I think he's against me- over medication, but I'm not sure, you guys. <laughs> She wasn't even suggesting over medication. She was just suggesting a medication. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought, what kind of disrespect are they showing this teacher? She yeah. knows a few. She she probably deals with hundreds of kids. She knows a few things about kids. How about just listen to her and shut up? And I'll tell you this: <laughs> I I have had uh, this discussion with a teacher, and it does not go like this. The teacher just doesn't like. You know what? They look out the window a lot, so we should put them on some pails. Okay, they they talk about how uh, their grades are slipping, how they are distracted in class, not only by staring out the window, uh, but being like a little social chatterbox and and uh, you know uh, not focusing on their work, bugging other kids and the like. Nathan, let me stop you there because my God is bigger than your statistics. Oh my, <laughs> mm. <laughs> the greatest line in this movie. I gotta say too, this is this is just Clint Eastwood. Like you said, it's obviously not this simple. Um, when a teacher would, you know, suggest taking medication for ADD, but this is just Clint Eastwood. I mean, you know, he's, he's taken down the education system, you guys, one leg at a time. (laughs) And we're not, we're not even sure that if the, the, this movie is actually just, um, uh, anti-public schools or just anti-teachers in general, because the kids, uh, because the uh, the mother's uh, god is bigger than the public school's uh, teacher statistics, the kids end up going to an all-Christian school. And apparently all the teachers and administration there are dumb shits as well. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just another example of the liberal elite. Uh, the liberal elite way- at the all-Christian school, yep. Yep. Just making their way into the educational system, pushing out family values, uh, plandemic. I did think it was funny, Thomas Plan-demic. Thomas Lennon playing the the principal. Yeah, I thought that was distracting because I kept, I kept calling him Principal Reno nine one one. It's not even just that. It's like if he he's supposed to be like the the head of this this you know um you know Christian fundamentalist uh, conservative school and I think of the roles that he's played even like outside of Reno 911 and I'm just like oh man, oh man yeah I mean you were you were probably like this is the guy from monster trucks you guys right <laughs> um, and we see so Alec and Spencer we see as kids who I mean they give the adults a strong run for their for their, for their money in the acting department um, because <laughs> I mean, I don't want to slag on these kids too much, but it is uncomfortable to watch at times. And uh, they get a bit of a pass because they, like you said, they're kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, but it, Spencer is very upset because he didn't become school president oh. and no one I mean, gets him. We assume no he's one... upset. I mean, acting <laughs> wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> he I, I don't to... know. He, he tears down a, uh, he tears down a, an electoral poster. So. Yeah, right in front, right in front of the principal. A hall pass roughly translates to half a campaign poster. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the uh, that's the conversion mm-hmm. conversion rate. Um, <laughs> so Alec is very upset that he didn't become school president, and uh, and Principal Reno nine one one, like you said, he's uh, Thomas Lennon is running the school, and uh, they they run into Anthony, 
hey, that was our narrator earlier. Wait a second. I think these characters are going to come together. Right now? <laughs> Over me. <laughs> uh, Anthony, guys, he's a bit of a charmer. He's always getting away with mischief. Yeah, getting up to something. Uh, so much so that their gym teacher, Mr. Bluth, um, <laughs> is getting the kids to play basketball, and he he gets hit in the head with a basketball, calls a kid a dumb shit, and Mr. Bluth, Bluth is like, hey, you can't swear. Did you not see him get hit in the head with a basketball? <laughs> Again, remember, all teachers and administration are dumb shits. This is true. Right. I mean, yeah. And and I'm glad I'm glad though that he had both his hands. This must have been yes. before the seal incident. Obviously. You you got to that joke before I did. So good, good, <laughs> on, good on you. It's <laughs> uh, all I could think of. It's I I feel bad for the guy because it's all he's known for now. It's all well, I can I, see. see. You you guys saw that. I I was never watched really watched Arrested Development. I saw him. Uh, he I saw him as the uh, the manager from Chuck. Oh, I thought you were gonna say all you heard was Forky. Forky, nope. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Anthony, Anthony, Anthony is uh, going to the principal's office. The other kids are sent there too because I don't know. They think it's funny that he swore. So they all go there and they all start becoming friends real quick. Like it basically happens that day. Can you yeah. guys believe that Anthony's never been hunting? <laughs> <laughs> what a, that was just shocking. I will say this: um, that, that that kid was a. Just a bit young for a, an actual shotgun. Yeah, that was alarming when when, when he goes. He should at least be sixteen. When Anthony is going into uh, goes over to Spencer's house and Spencer's pulling out all these like obviously like first of all they're all the fake guns. I'm like yeah, oh for, okay for whatever. Paintball and whatnot yeah. Yeah, and then when he pulls out the real shotgun, it's like uh. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, at that age I had handled and fired. Uh, firearms because my dad is a hunter but i did not keep one under my bed or in a closet in my room yeah you kept it under your pillow no i was 12 my dad had common sense not to give me a gun because i was not emotionally mature enough to possess it he was like you can handle it while i'm while while i'm with you and while i'm supervising you and then when we were done handling it it comes back to me and then goes away when we go home in a place that you cannot access it (laughs) Right above the mantle. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know what kind of family thought. My dad kept his guns locked away from both my brother and I, because that's what responsible gun owners do. <laughs> and then you took the lid off the back of the toilet seat. <laughs> also where he kept and the found Bible. his porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's also where he kept what, John? The, his Bible. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not met my dad. <laughs> Submerged in water. <laughs> Um, okay, so he's showing he up his all, guns. He got all that church and out of his system before he was 16. <laughs> uh, he's showing off his guns and, um, and then goes, you know, they, him and Anthony go out and I'm sure, I'm assuming there's a deleted scene here because he comes back and, uh, his mom, Judy Greer finds out that they went out and TP'd some house. So she punishes him. Mm-hmm. And I like how you, I like how you assume there's a deleted scene because that would only make sense. I mean, if that's the case, half this movie's been deleted. I mean, can we make it all? Oh, I wish <laughs> yes. more than half it had been deleted. This oh, would have worked yeah. excellently as a short that's subject. True. 
And, and in response to that, later on, he prays. Uh, back to the train. Oh, my God. Oh, guys, we're on the train. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Spencer, he's an adult. He sees the terrorist. Oh, never mind. Urkel is teaching history. <laughs> yeah, and three kids are super duper interested in World War II troop movements. Oh, yes. <laughs> I also like that he um, he's teaching history. And he says something along the lines of, like, it's all about knowing if you should act or when you should act on something. It's like this movie hints at the the thing that's going to happen a million times as if we don't know it's going to (laughs) happen. It's like, guys, you could be in a situation one day like this. It's like foreshadowing I don't think happens in life quite that way. But anyway, Urkel is, uh, yeah, he gives a bunch of battle plans and they're very excited and they give him cheese in response. Um, Anthony at this point is like, guys, I'm going to go to public school because no offense, but I want to get laid. <laughs> and they're, um, I guess, not only that, but the other kid, he has to leave too because of the the, the stuff they've been getting up to. And, and their departure uh, as friends is on par with that of Fateful Findings. <laughs> it really is. It's like the opening scene with the two kids. Yep. <laughs> I was hoping that neither of them knew how to wave, just like that movie. <laughs> just flailing their arms in the in the air. John, if you've not seen Fateful Findings, do yourself a favor. And not see it. <laughs> no, no dude, you should. Do yourself super, a favor and not see it. Okay. I'm it's super it. high and see. I'm write, writing it on a piece of paper, and then I'm throwing that paper in the trash. Got no! Uh, did you write my caveat in there? <laughs> you got to do the first thing before you do the other thing. Okay. Just, did you just get... one a quick aside. You were talking about he, had, he wanted to go to another school to, uh, to get laid. Yeah. It, it does remind me how we're told multiple times, make sure it's all clear that these guys are straight. Like in the scene where they're in the hotel and the clerk is showing, walking up the stairs and they oh make a point to look up her skirt and want to make sure we see it, that they see it, that we see that they see it. Just in case there's any uncertainty, everybody <laughs> should know these are two, these are straight guys. <laughs> yeah. Traveling travel Europe together. <laughs> they do hammer that home a lot, especially because like, yeah, whoa, these three guys are hanging out a lot together. All right. Put another, sh- put another upskirt shot in. <laughs> Make sure they hang out with a girl for an extended period of time that has no payoff whatsoever, but we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that for sure. Spencer has a poster for Flags of Our Fathers in his room, by the way. Oh. (laughs) Fuck you, Clint Eastwood. (laughs) <laughs> that's not I like what a what a like what self-serving a random, thing to do yes and what a random like selection he made <laughs> i mean there's no put, kid like, that age at that time that would have liked a perfect world <laughs> well, i don't know he could have put like unforgiven or something there was a <laughs> uh in one scene there was a full metal jacket poster as well i did yes. see that too and i was like that kid doesn't know what that is well, the idea, no, the idea is that he is obsessed with military uh, stuff. So he's obsessed with war. So it would make sense that he likes war films. So. It, it is funny that it's Full Metal Jacket, which is um, a pretty anti-war movie. Yeah, it's a, yeah exactly what I was thinking <laughs> as well. It's not a, that's not not a pro-war movie. Full on ready to miss the point. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he, I mean, he should have put like, I don't know, like a John Wayne poster or something. Yeah. That would have been at least a that little more. Navarone, the Dirty Dozen. Something like that, yeah. Baby Seals. <laughs> Only intelligent <laughs> films. 
Like I said, Navy SEALs. Exactly. <gasps> Back to the train. Because this guy is in the bathroom and he's been there for like 10 minutes. Guys, this is it. It's going to happen. This guy comes out with a gun. Oh, my God. He shoots someone. Oh, oh never mind. Alex is in college. <laughs> and I, I want to say this right here. I don't think – obviously, these three guys are not actors. Clearly, they are playing themselves. And they are all pretty bad. But I will say that I think Alex or Alec or Alex is probably the best of the three, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> – yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but my 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 thing is I don't blame it on these guys. I feel no. like that, I feel like every professional around them let them down. Yeah, bad yes. bad script, bad directing, bad lighting, bad score. <laughs> well, and no, it's like it's like Brendan said earlier. Is unfortunately, uh, from what we've all heard, old Clint Eastwood just likes to say, "What do you think? You do what you think your character would do." Yeah, As and you, you can't like, do that to people who've never acted before, right? Even if they're playing themselves, like, <laughs> they don't know, dude. They've never been in a movie. Yeah. And unfortunately, what what you end up getting is what we get for the rest of this movie is, is grown people um, acting the way um, – how did I put it to you earlier, Brendan? Oh, like, like the high school football star sowing <laughs> his artistic oats, trying out for the spring production. <laughs> or like when you're yeah like similar to that when you go to an assembly like one of those mandatory assemblies in school and they do the school spirit sketch oh and, or like, and, yeah the, like the peer counseling group has put on a sketch for you and and one of them is the the lead football the, the star football player or whatever and everybody cheers when he shows up and he struggles to get like five words out yep <laughs> yeah because the because the drama teacher know that he would sell tickets so they put him in the show <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, so I mean, so Alex, so that he sees a recruitment center at one point and asks the person next to him, "What's up with that recruitment center?" Oh, Spencer. We're talking about yeah. Spencer working at, at Jamba at the, Juice. Jamba Juice, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you think is up with the recruitment center, genius? Number two just opened up here. Oh, I got a growler, so <laughs> I don't have to just. Get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah what's up with that recruit it's like what that's like dude you work at a jamba juice that's like saying what's up with that jamba juice do they sell smoothies <laughs> probably selling smoothies and or jamba juice <laughs> and then a guy a guy comes over and spencer's all excited i mean in, in the way that he can convey excitedness um, <laughs> asking about like you know what he likes better and like, oh, you're in the Marines. Like if you could go back and pick what you wanted, like what would you actually pick? And you know what? Don't worry, dude. This smoothie's on me. Thank, Thank you for your, for your service. service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, He can't even fake watching TV. Like there's a scene <laughs> after this where him and Anthony are hanging out and he they're supposedly watching a football game. And it doesn't even look like he's watching the TV. Like it's like he can't find the right. Nobody told him where the eye line was. Because uh, I guarantee you, he's just he's just thousand yards staring it. Mm -hmm. Because the only direction he was probably given is don't look down the pipe. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Don't look down the lens. Look anywhere else and just fixate there. I really like wanted the, a blooper like, reel at the end of this. It's like the Austin Powers saying you tell him not to look at the mole. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mo, mo, mo. I'm not supposed to look at the lens, but the lens is right there. Lens. <laughs> um, and they're watching. They have the like the most unrealistic, casual conversation about football. <laughs> and Spencer says, like, you know, 
I'm going to join the Air Force. Uh, what do you think about that? Alec, he messaged me back, but it took him like eight hours. What's up with that? It's a big life decision. <laughs> That's essentially it. Um, I'm resigning and- as the president of the bank. Goodbye. <laughs> Again, John, fateful findings. Watch <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. It's on my queue. I don't even know what that means, but it first. sounds important. Super high. <laughs> As a kite. You know, dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Yeah. It's legal down there, right? Oh, right. I know what state? What state's he in? Uh, it doesn't matter. It does? <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I think I, that... I'm in Tennessee. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, then where, no. Just get, this, I, I imagine this movie was just a huge hit down here. Whiskey. It's, I mean, gun, no. not Faithful Findings, but 1517 to Paris. Gun, guns, guns and God. This is right up our alley here. This is... <laughs> Oh, don't worry. There's a whole section of our province not far north of where Brendan lives that is it's right up their alley, too. <laughs> it was weird that the Tennessee flag was right on the poster for this movie. Well, we get a montage of old Spencer. Montage. Yes, uh, because nobody believes in him about joining the Air Force, but he's going to prove him wrong. And he's going to train. And he's going to lose third pounds uh, mm-hmm. to join the Air Force. Air Force. He's going to be on the Canadian sketch comedy show? Yes, the Air Force. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they make him do. Well, well, it's it's be so it'll, be a bunch of, it'll be a bunch of fart jokes and terrible impressions, because that's what that show devolved into after John Morgan left. So, so Spencer uh, succeeds in his montage uh, and is able to pass the physical requirements to join the Air Force, and his excitement is palpable. <laughs> oh, you can cut it with a knife. Woo! Um, except there's one caveat. He, he doesn't has do no so well. No depth perception. Yep. Mr. No depth perception. <laughs> yes, nice deep cut there. I like yeah. it. <laughs> Anyways, a Kevin Nealon fan from one sketch back in the 90s. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, he has no depth perception, so he has to pick like something else. And he has a freakout scene. If you could call it a freakout, because again, there's nothing there. <laughs> Really not much at all, no. And I feel really bad for Judy Greer because Judy oh. Greer is great, like talented. She's funny. She's a good actor. And she's trying so hard to get something out of this scene. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I love Judy Greer, but we, we are talking about since that she blew that line at the beginning of the movie. I, I forget it. <laughs> this, this is on her now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you deliver the line, my God, is better than, <laughs> bigger than your statistics and and not make it sound like a horrible line that would take acting powers not of this earth i don't even feel that dame judy dench would be able to do that meryl streep could not yeah uh, and if dame judy dench couldn't get cats to work what am i talking about cats is a masterpiece let's move on <laughs> own it on blu-ray oh my mm. Um, I did notice that like, and I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I was like relieved or annoyed by it, but they didn't age up either Judy Greer or Jenna Fisher at all when the kids were older. And maybe it's a good thing because it's like, ugh, don't make it, making them like not believable with like a bunch of gray hairs and stuff. But (laughs) it also was like, they didn't do anything like they didn't look any different. And I think they're, the kids were supposed to have aged like at least like 10 years or so. Possibly, but either way, um, it would have been funny if they cut to them and they just looked like 90 year old women. 
(laughs) Where are we at here? Oh, the acting. Oh, oh, we. This is where he he decides to take up um, because he can't get into the the paratrooper uh, department uh, or gig that he wanted. He takes up uh, search, rescue, and survival. Yes. Um, and, and they have him. Uh, he's sewing at the at the mess hall, and we have a another super natural sounding conversation between him and other troops. Uh, who talk oh. about. Baby soft hands and how he'll always finish quickly with his baby soft hands. Yeah, it's a masturbation joke, guys. Enjoy. Yeah. John, it actually uh, taps into something you said earlier where, like, every time, every once in a while, we have to see that they like girls. Because when he's yeah. sewing, he's just like, no, no, no. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not hom- a homosexual. I just, uh, I'm doing this for very practical reasons. Yeah, just to be clear. Again, just, to, just to be clear. Um, and I'm going to travel Europe with my friends later too. So I want everybody to know what's going on here. <laughs> I want everybody to know that I'm currently seeking a member of the opposite sex. <laughs> I'm available. Available. But and because he can't, can he can't figure out an alarm clock. Um, he gets booted out of his program. Oh, and yeah. also he, he's does shoddy stitching. Oh, and he's a, yeah, he basically just doesn't get it done as a soldier. No, these are not really talented guys i think that's the i think that's the, again we're talking about the movie right right life. exactly these at least they don't come off as they don't have they don't have skills they don't have talents they love yeah. god they love god they love guns and they're bad in school we saw that again this movie does like you said this movie does the real people a tremendous disservice because everyone sees them as these as these versions of themselves now just really doofuses that happen to uh stumble upon something <laughs> <laughs> yep, just like the Goonies. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I would have loved if they ran into Slaw. <laughs> hey, you guys. guys for, forget about Paris. Let's go. Let's go get some pirate treasure. Let's go to Oregon and and, and save the Goondocks. <laughs> oh. Okay, so Spencer, Spencer, Spencer. Yeah, he he's basically he's told to leave at one point too. Like he's not doing a good job at all. But guys, Jenna Fisher tells us that uh, she's dropping off Alec at the uh, at the airport because he's heading to Germany to find his roots. Because I guess we're introducing that storyline. And uh, Jenna Fisher says that God spoke to her. Oh my God! And he told her that something very exciting will happen to Alex. Again, more of that dumb foreshadowing stuff. Mm. Well, he's going it's, to Europe. I mean, that's pretty exciting. I, right? Like, okay, you can't just be like, you can't just give someone a pen and then be like, God told me I was going to give you a pen after you've already done it. <laughs> and I, I, I caught myself as as I just said, Europe is pretty exciting because because you wouldn't know by this trip they took because it was <laughs> not a it was not a fun vacation. Wait, even before even before the incident, you, you didn't think that the uh, the the video doc, the, the travel documentary was exciting. The, slide sh- the slideshow. Oh boy, this section of the movie coming up is brutal. I'll tell you this: I, I found the acting in the opening video log of the Chernobyl Diaries to be more enthralling. <laughs> yeah, so he goes to Germany. Um, oh my God, back to the train. There's people running. Just kidding. We're back to uh, back to reality again. Hey, can <laughs> Oops, I, can I tell you, there's, there's a couple <laughs> there's a couple characters in this movie that I wanted to learn more about mm-hmm. that were that were not these three guys. One was the Steve Urkel guy. I want to know his whole backstory. Yeah, he's in what one scene? And and one was I want a movie about the terrorists. That's a more interesting story. 
Like, how, yeah. where did he come from? How did he get there? What What's his motivation? There's a lot there. I don't want mm-hmm. this other story. I don't care about these guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it's like the difficulty in adapting this sort of thing into a movie. Like, again, we talked about it's a short subject at best because this is not a movie. Like, there's nothing really – you can't call this the 1517 to Paris and then have that be 10 minutes of the movie, if that. Yeah. It's just not – I don't know. It's just not – it's not interesting in the lead-up, certainly. We can argue about the uh, the last little bit, but we'll get to that. We get a uh, well, another we... <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe one day. <laughs> we get another stellar example of how this movie hates teachers, um, because uh, there's uh, because Sol Spencer is now taking another course because he kicked out of that survival course. Mm. Um, they have an active shooter. Uh, they think at the base that he's training at um, and where they're told to, okay, shelter in place because there's an active shooter on the base. Uh, push the desk up against the uh, the door and, again, get under your desk, shelter in place. He can't handle that. No, he's going to grab a Bic pen and go stand by the door and wait for the guy to come in and, I don't know, stab him in the carotid or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To which the, the the teacher's like, okay, who out here thinks Stone's an asshole, which everybody puts their hands up. And, of course, we're all supposed to think he's pretty brave, okay? Yeah, he's an he would have He would have saved the day there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we've got a scene that I don't understand why it's in the movie, which I guess can be said for a lot of scenes. Yes. but That weird a... Humvee thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, Alex is in the military, and one of the guys, like... They're going to like talk to uh, some people in I think they're they're in Afghanistan and they're going to go talk to some people there and the guy takes Alex's backpack and then he gets it back and that's the scene you guys. And he, but he doesn't have his hat. It's at this point I noted the narrative in this is an absolute mess. It, yeah, it it's there's no plot because we jump from there to Spencer doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu training. <laughs> we we spend way too much time on it too. Yeah. Like we see an entire match. Because you know, well, it's it's going to come into play later. Mm-hmm. We couldn't we, just, you know, take it to, to to think that the military taught him hand-to-hand combat or you know, show like 10 seconds of it rather than I don't know, 4 minutes it felt like. <laughs> and then and then we get more of the stellar acting in this movie cuz Alec and Spencer have a have a Skype call. <laughs> and then <laughs> And then Anthony and Spencer have a Skype call. Guys, we get to see all of our favorite characters. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't. These guys don't even seem like friends to me. They're, they're working hard to convince us they're friends, but they just don't have any chemistry at all together. Their Are exchange is is the dialogue is just. It's like if aliens were trying to replicate how they think humans talk to each other. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying scenes where Spencer is like, "Hey, what's up, my man?" Isn't natural. <laughs> nope. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, because if Jason stand. Momoa has taught us anything, if you're going to use that as a greeting, it has to be my man. <laughs> yes, he has. Unfortunately, um, oh no, I guess Justice League did come out before this, didn't it? I think so. I yeah. Know. Well, you got no excuse, Spencer Stone. <laughs> but I don't understand why they don't just do a conversation with all three of them and get this scene done a lot quicker. Yeah, because yeah, he calls Alex and then he calls 
Anthony. And I'm like, what? Are Alex and Anthony not on speaking terms? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and they're basically like, oh, we're going to go to Europe. All right, we'll meet you up, meet up with you in Europe, my man. All right, cool. We'll drink directly from some fountains that people throw pennies into. Yeah, it'll be it'll be sick. Oh, this, sick. And, yeah. and we will be sick because, you know, the dysentery from the water. <laughs> um also, oh man, th- yeah, this has one of the I think I think this is the least natural line in the movie, and I'm taking a bold stance with this. I, I, I wrote one down. We'll see if it's the same one. Okay. Well, it's when he's Spencer's trying to convince Anthony to go on this trip with them, and he's like, I don't have the money to do something like that. And he's like, why don't you just apply for a credit card? And then Anthony goes, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just speaking with my coworker about getting a credit card with frequent flyer miles, too. That wasn't my line, but I don't even okay. know. That, that, that doesn't even make. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I don't, what's going on? Well, you, Why is you that even normally there? have exchanges like that? Stone, first name Spencer. What's up, my guy? Chilling, man. What are you doing? You know, just the morning routine. Chilling. Any action over there yet? Nah, this is a pretty cake assignment. But listen, I got an idea for you. Me and Alec were just talking about doing a backpacking trip all over Europe. You should, man. You could be busted anywhere after this one, right? Yeah, but I'm trying to say you should come with us. Wait, 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 wait. You mean meet you in Europe? Yeah, son, it'll be crazy. You have the summer off, don't you? Man, come on, you know I don't got money like that. Just take out a credit card, you'll pay it back. <laughs> I see them headphones, you must be working for a credit card company. Now, huh? Just see what you qualify for. That's crazy you say that, though. I was just talking to my coworker about getting a credit card with frequent flyer miles, too. Anthony, it's meant to be, dog. Come on. All right, man, screw it. I'm in. Wait, what was what was your line, John? Mine was when they get to Rome and they're looking at the Colosseum, and I don't remember. Maybe it's Anthony. He says, uh, "Can you believe how big it is?" It's like, that's it. That's what you have to say. This is all all through Europe. You're looking at the Colosseum, and wow, sure is big. That's the dialogue. <laughs> oh wait, and there's also, ah, are you not entertained? That's Kill right. him. That's right. <laughs> Delivered. Thumbs up. Thumbs, up, thumbs down. Yeah. delivered in with about that level of excitement. <laughs> uh, yeah. And before that, we get the moment you talked about where they're, they're at the hostel, they get to Europe, they're at the hostel and they're, they're checking out that girl's butt. And I'm not, I don't, I don't like this whole sexual innuendo scene. It's very off putting. <laughs> it really is just awkward. The whole thing's it, awkward. It's very awkward. Well, it's this, like way, what, this way, you know, they're, you know, they're not only are they completely heterosexual, but they're also, you know, you know, possible rapists. <laughs> the characters the characters, characters. again the characters <laughs> and uh, who, who are playing the characters uh, <laughs> nope i'm not going there <laughs> <laughs> i will say that this travelogue had some beautiful uh some beautiful music in the background by kevin mcleod okay all right oh like the, the, the free ro- royalty free music online kevin mcleod oh nope. <laughs> it sounded like he took it from our soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question though, and Nathan, I know. Oh, wait, we covered... wait, are you are you telling me you didn't pay top dollar for your soundtrack? Well, I mean, I did. We did for the theme song, but you know, some other things maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we grabbed on. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Nathan, I know we covered Speed Two recently, mm-hmm. so I have to ask you, Anthony, what were they thinking? We covered that at the end of the episode. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. So Anthony or Dante, who is the ultimate shutterbug? 
um well i would have to say it would, in this case it would be anthony because he's doing it uh for the love of taking pictures could dante remember dante was collecting a check that's true dante right. was a businessman first yeah. and foremost right anthony <laughs> does take a number of pictures and uh again the dialogue is fantastic he's like well i definitely got to post this online got to find some wi-fi so i can post this online yeah for sure for sure yeah it's a good picture Look at those horses. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Alec is uh, meeting up with, I guess, uh, I think, like his German girlfriend, I guess. I think. And they're just talking about his ancestry, and that's that scene. <laughs> Again, <laughs> these scenes are, almost all of these scenes are completely unnecessary. A weird scene where they meet the that girl Lisa and go for gelato. Yep. Let's talk about that because they they're on a boat. Motherfucker, uh, motherfucker, don't boat. you ever forget? <laughs> I wish I could. Um, not, not a copajmina. <laughs> and they meet up with this. They meet up with this girl who they they're just meeting for the first time, and they're just like, "Hey, you want to come hang out with us?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Yeah, I've never seen the movie Hostel before. Sure. I actually wrote down at this point, this is gonna turn into Hostel. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, come with me. Um, we're totally going to stay at this other hostel. Also, take these drinks that I just gave you from out of nowhere. <laughs> like an RKO. Boom! Nailed it. Got it, got it in. Um, why is the gelato scene like five minutes long? <laughs> Gotta pad that film somehow, bud. Holy shit. <laughs> They're like, like, it's like a, it's like they stopped the movie to have a gelato commercial. And then go for a museum tour to see some horses. Yep, they look at art. They make a bunch of horse puns. <sighs> they eat pizza and drink wine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just watching people. And like you said, John, it's the most boring European trip. Oh, don't forget the, the mouthy uh, German tour operator <laughs> who corrects them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that, too. And I was like, is that Clint Eastwood trying to be like, no, 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 guys, we did it. <laughs> Because he says something about, like, Hitler's bunker, and he's like, uh, the Russians surrounded him, and then Hitler killed himself. And he's like, oh, I think it was the Americans, actually. And he's like, no, no, stupid Americans, it's the Russians. (laughs) I don't know. I I, I was trying to figure that scene out, because I was like, I wonder if that's Clint Eastwood being, like, (laughs) silly people in Europe. They don't know the truth. (laughs) Now, this is, up next, uh, doesn't Spencer meet the uh, German Gordon Pinson at the bar? Yeah, this guy that's like talking about Amsterdam for ten minutes. Yeah, and okay, I gotta ask, why? When did did they go to Amsterdam? Because right after this. But that's it. Like it's just they're not they're not super duper clear as to when they're taking off to go places either too. Because for the longest time while here in Amsterdam, I'm like, oh, I thought they were still in Germany. This movie is a fucking mess. Because they go to an absolute Euro trash club. When I see a Euro trash club, I immediately think Germany. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird because Ramstein was playing too. Yeah, and, and uh, we had uh, a fella doing uh, his 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 best Tom Cruise in cocktail impression. <laughs> and again, another instance where one of them goes to the bar and there's like this shot that like goes up the back and you see this the 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 bartender's tight butt. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. Something this is ladies. This is a movie for the gents. <laughs> God's gun and gents. 
Yeah. <laughs> God's, God's guns and gents. That should have been the title. God's God. I guns. just think you're saying that because you, you, you don't know what the title means yet. <laughs> what title? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Third four. Fifteen. Yeah. Guns and gent. The magazine. Oh. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I made a pornography reference. I was thinking like a like a gods and generals, but like gods and gentlemen. <laughs> Imagine if this was four hours long. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they party at a club and nothing happens, like almost every other scene in this movie. And all their exchanges again sound like um people talking on Floribama shore. <laughs> Did anybody? Okay, were you guys? at all a little surprised when they go up on the roof and Spencer just starts smoking. Yeah, that was, that was cause we'd never seen him smoke for any other part in this movie. Right. And he's just like, yeah, he just lights a cigarette. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> they do it. I, I don't know if they, if it's, if it is legitimately part of him as a person, because why would, again, they, why, would they add that, why would they add that character trait to him? Well, because we do have that exchange where he starts talking about like, you know, the, the whole, destiny and you need to be somewhere or fate puts you there and then and, and then his friend goes are you sure that's just a cigarette because they're in amsterdam yeah uh, right we joke right i did think that um it was about as subtle as the haunting of sharon tate when they started talking about that <laughs> yeah. the destiny and shit i'm like oh no we're getting horrible flashbacks um Man, I uh, yeah. So I have this all out of order because after this I have like the Amsterdam guy. So we're past that. It, does, I guess. it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it matters, <laughs> John. This is this is a tight <laughs> script. We owe it that much. <laughs> so yeah, after they hit up the nightclub and they wake up the next morning, I really wanted it from that point forward to be like The Hangover. <laughs> they gotta Where, find somebody. Where's Alex? <laughs> yeah, he spent the rest of the movie looking for Alex, and then it turns out he's on the fifteen seventeen to Paris. And then you can have the rest of the movie. <laughs> that would have been a weird, uh, a weird aside. It, it, it was. Been, it would not have been worse. <laughs> it was. I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, Spencer was wearing a, a Yosemite shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they could. They could have done it. They. They could have done this as a hangover thing. They would have ended up going to Thailand. There you go. Oh my God! I hate this movie so much. <laughs> so. And then, and then, guys, get ready because it's another exciting scene that means absolutely nothing as they go and eat breakfast. <laughs> and Spencer is like, you know what, uh, guys, I think we need to go to Paris. And they're like, I don't know if I want to go to Paris. Everyone's been saying that it's kind of crappy. And I'm like, why? Why is everyone taking a shit on Paris? And this their their exchanges remind me of. Um, like I said, like Floribama Shore or any other reality show where you can kind of tell that the producers are like, OK, you guys are going to sit down and have breakfast and and just kind of talk about what you're going to go do today. Whoa. And, and, and leaving a lot of like, you know, details about what you're going to go do today. And that it has the same that same natural quality that you see on reality <laughs> <Natural>. shows. <laughs> Are you telling me that the Floribama shore is in any way scripted? <laughs> About as scripted as this movie is. So <laughs> is that is that also including Total Divas? Uh, Total Divas, uh, Jersey Shore, um, Cake what? Boss. Um, what? Yeah, uh, Hell's unless Kitchen. This, unless this whole 1517 Paris is just all improv. 
Oh my god. You know what? It can't be. They're just, reading their lines. <laughs> I just want to let you play with the space. Feel free to say whatever you want to say. Clint, what's my line in this scene? <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> doesn't he... I, I've also heard like he doesn't even say action. I don't know if that's true, but like he just... He just, just kind of says... Go when you're ready. Yeah, he's like rolling and then go when you're ready. And he doesn't even say action because he feels like it startles everyone. Which, uh, it's fine if you're a ta- a, a trained actor. <laughs> yes. If you're not a performer. I you guarantee need to be you there's a bunch of footage on the cutting room floor of them just going, oh, are, we, are we rolling? Are we rolling? This is what we should be talking now? Is that what you're doing? Should we talk about Paris? How Paris Clint, is shitty? Was that, was, that, was that okay, Clint? Do it in your heart. Um... Um, okay, so I think that was okay. Uh, he just like he's he's just sitting in the in the director's booth in the back, just singing Grand Torino to himself. <laughs> I write to all those guys to get off my lawn. So good, good, good times. Clint, we're direct. You're directing a movie right now. Uh, American <laughs> Heroes. There you go. In your. <laughs> 66 minutes into the 94 minute movie and they're getting onto the train. <laughs> uh, but don't get too excited because we got to talk about how there's no Wi-Fi first. We've got I, to was, talk about- I, I, I was just waiting for them to, you know, flashback to the first of the movie and this to oh, be some no. weird Osterbos where I would go insane and gouge my eyes out. <laughs> Every time they get to the train, it's just like, just kidding. <laughs> And he's uh, Alex. Alex takes the time to say, "Oh, look at the baby soda dispensers. <laughs> Shut the heck up. So cute." <laughs> yeah, and, and can you imagine if, like, you know, Clint was big on casting people as themselves? If he had the dude that took over the train play himself too, <laughs> work something with, you know, the you know, the inner pull. I really want him in the movie. Just bring your own equipment. It's fine. <laughs> can I have him for the day? <laughs> Oh my god, so they're on the train. Motherfucker, don't you ever forget. <laughs> That's not how that song goes. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm confusing it with the sequel. <laughs> and according to the movie, because I'm not saying that this is maybe not how it happened in real life, but the way the movie shows it, Spencer runs at the guy, the the guy with the gun and the bomb wait, wait. and all that shit. Oh, wait, it's time? We've got here? I think so. Yeah. Wow, really? Just fast forward straight through that. What, I'm good. Let's go. What did I what did I skip over? <laughs> no, I'm good. I just it just felt like an hour hour. What we what we've been talking about? Three four hours by now. <laughs> um, and now we're finally at the train scene. We are at the train scene. Just, yeah, John, just, you can start watching the movie now. I can I can wake up now. Start paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think when Spencer tackles him, the way the movie shows it is like he got super lucky because the dude just like shoots at him and then suddenly he's uh, like he doesn't he's out of bullets and that's no, why he's Spencer gun jammed oh is that okay well either yeah. way it's a total like the way they show it it's a total like uh dumb luck situation yes which i don't know if it is in real life i didn't read up on the real story and again i'm not saying anything about the real story <laughs> just talking about the movie and if you would have took the add medicine none of this would have happened <laughs> Wait, are you saying like the terrorist terrorism terrorism one? That's, uh, Is that what you're saying, John? No, it yeah. would have. It would have happened. Yeah, yeah. or something oh. like that. Yeah, it would have won because he took the ADD medication. 
so if you take if you take the Ritalin, the terrorists win. That's that what makes, the message is. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stand for our national anthem. <laughs> our um, country reeks of trees. <laughs> our yaks are really large, and they smell like rotting beef carcasses. Wow, I didn't think you knew the words. <laughs> Anybody, Ren and Stimpy? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, I didn't. I have seen it. I think like a long time ago. That's the Royal Canadian Kilted Yaksmen song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, something new every day. Yep. Uh, don't 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 look up John K though. You learn something else new every day. Oh yeah, don't look up the creator of Ren and Stimpy. It's <laughs> it's a it's an unfortunate wormhole. You'll never want. Not to a go fun back. time. No. Nope. 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 <laughs> Um, so 1517 to Paris. So he tackles the guy. Spencer tackles him. And I'm sorry, but like we mentioned Neil Breen earlier. There's another Neil Breen movie where these guys are fighting and like the sound effects are really dumb. And it just reminded me of that. Okay. <laughs> like the fight is just shot. Like the sound effects are really obnoxious <laughs> and fake. <laughs> Um, I don't know. What do you guys like? Like, I know up to this point, most of the movie has meant absolutely nothing. Like, do you guys think this scene is like decent? Like this climactic scene? I don't know. It's, I will say this, it's probably one of the only moments in the movie where I felt any actual tension or drama. Mm -hmm. I, just, I mean, I, I guess if you, when you, when you separate the scene, it's, it's done well. It's just that we've invested so much crap at this point in the movie. It's just like I don't I I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's just like it's just like okay, whatever happens, I'll be again. Let, let me assume for a second this is completely not true and push the true start side apart from this. I don't care what happens to these guys. I don't know them. <laughs> I don't care what happens to anybody on that train. I'm not invested at all. In anybody here. <laughs> all um, you need to know, all you need to know, is that they're goddamn Americans. I I will say this. Uh, you can the the fact that it took three of them um to subdue him and one of the uh, uh, apparently a fourth person got left out entirely in this whole thing uh which yeah. we find out later um he wasn't wait, american. what he was not american i don't think <laughs> wait yeah, what? He's british yeah someone else on the train up there was a guy that there was a fourth guy that helped them and he's left out of the movie didn't he you was... watch the, the 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 star wars medal ceremony at the end <laughs> yeah, yeah chewie Chew, totally, Chew, didn't get an award i totally <laughs> missed the fourth guy yeah, uh, but the fact that it was that they three of them to take him down, and it wasn't just you know one rootin' tootin' cowboy. I, I'll give them some some points uh, for sticking to the I guess the, the 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 truthfulness to most of it, or the truthiness as Stephen Colbert might say, um, <laughs> of the story. Oh, I did not know about the fourth guy. That's hilarious. Yeah. That he I didn't know really because I didn't look into the, the actual events or anything like that. I only found out about him because, like I said, the 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 press conference footage that they use at the end, um, in place of you know actors. Mm -hmm. With the actors. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's live footage. It's per, it's footage of yeah. them. It's real, yeah, it's yeah. real footage. Oh, I want to. When we get to that later, I've got a few things to say too. Um, but yeah, so they end up they end up taking the guy down. It's again, it's like less than ten minutes. This whole scene. They hide. Um, they they do. Um, someone else gets like shot. So Spencer is using his training from earlier, which we didn't really mention. But there was a scene where he had to stop someone like from bleeding out of their neck or whatever in training, 
and he fucked up because I guess he was we were supposed to see that he was bad at it. Well, no, we, yeah, the, um, he screwed up because there was spinal fluid in the in the you know dummy's ear or whatever when you were doing training, but then they started asking questions. Man, that's no about, way to talk about a victim. It is, uh, especially you know this one. Um, so. <laughs> When they started talking about that, I mean, let's be fair. The guy was being the bathroom police. That's why he got shot. Um, <laughs> uh, so w- during that scene earlier during the training, um, they started asking questions. Well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And then it comes up. What if, you know, he gets shot in the neck and the teacher <laughs> who's there again, that, that, that the movie actively hates. Um, says, uh, well, I believe it's just uh, stick it, stick your finger in it in the hole, <laughs> and pray for uh, and pray until you come up with something creative. You know what? I just thought, I just thought of something too. The 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 two teachers that are derided heavily in this movie are both females, and Urkel is like the only teacher that's shown really in a positive light. Well, no, that's the gym teacher is derided, oh, I and guess so, so is the, the the school principal. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It is funny that the only two female teachers, though, are also like, yes, <laughs> shown to be inept or whatever. Mm. Um, so Spencer does manage to stop the bleeding. The guy is saved. Spencer is cut as well. Um, we end the scene with a prayer. The same prayer that he said when he was a little lad. That's right. Guns, gods, mm. and gents. <laughs> gods and gents. We cut to, as you said, Nathan, the Star Wars medal ceremony. <laughs> Using real footage, which I think is so funny because you, when you get movies like this where the, where, you know, they're clearly actors playing the roles, it's supposed to be a big moment where it's like, Oh, this is the, these are the real guys. Cool. This is what they really look like. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> but in this movie, I was like, well, wow, the film quality looks a lot shittier. What happened? <laughs> and why and are they talking we- about four people saving the day? Oh my god, I can't believe I missed that. That is so funny. Of course Clint Eastwood would cut that. <laughs> uh, and they get rewarded. Very brave. Very courageous. And then yeah. after oh, very, some credit, Very brave, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I mean, the real people are very brave. I'm, I'm just... Again, know, we, I'm talking we, about keep, we keep having to have caveats with this movie. Again, separate that. They're good. They're brave. They're heroes. Anyways, back to this crappy movie. yeah and then the best part is after i don't know i I don't know if you guys just like immediately turned off when the credits started started but um after a few of the credits there's more real footage oh i didn't know i didn't know that (laughs) oh okay i figured you were like and i'm done (laughs) i i yes yes i was (laughs) yeah there's more real footage and they're just like at a parade and it's like hometown heroes and it's guys it's real footage again yeah Yeah, the real people I don't know if it was in that footage or not. Do you know what happened to uh, Alex after all this? I had to check and see which one it was. Didn't one of them like? Isn't one of them like a senator or something? Well, maybe, but he he got to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up because I don't watch the show. He finished third, so oh, good for shit. him. Yeah. So his second biggest accomplishment. That's right. I mean, I mean, it's first being this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> Yeah, his first being this movie, his second Dancing with the Stars, third for his real-life bravery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I guess that's the 1517 to Paris, guys. Yeah, it is. John, I'm as sorry. our guest. I'm sorry. Let me just apologize again. I'm sorry. <laughs> as our guest, 
Um, I'll let you go first. Uh, would you uh, recommend this cinematic masterpiece to people? No. I don't. I don't have anything to elaborate. Just no. No. It's, there's, there's no. There's no redeeming thing about this. I, I see. This is where I start. My words start rambling because I get upset about it. I wish this. This could have been a, a nice little thirty-minute documentary. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but there's there's nothing else in this movie worth a crap. It's garbage. And I feel like the, like I said before, I feel like I don't blame these guys. They're not actors. They did the best they could. I, I probably would have done any better than they did. I feel like the professionals around them let them down. Mm-hmm. Eastwood and, you know, Jenna Fisher and Judy Greer and, and the script and everything, everything was awful. I feel like on the set of this movie, the supporting players though were probably like, hey, Clint, want to help these guys out a little bit? Mind your business, Lennon. <laughs> Mind your Women. business. Mind your business, Pam. Women don't speak on my set. <laughs> that goes Why for you, you Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you, if you don't believe me, ask Olivia Wilde. Uh, wait a few years. That movie hasn't come out yet. <laughs> Nathan? Mm-hmm. Do you recommend this movie? No. Uh, but I will say this better than postal. Mm. That was my follow-up question. Cause yeah. I feel like this is um, much like the haunting of Sharon Tate. This one came close ish. <laughs> Wait, you, you took the hard stance that Sharon Tate was actually worse oh, than postal. Sorry. No, but that's, that's what I mean for you. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like for you haunting of Sharon Tate was probably close, right? It was pretty close. And this one now is this one this one doesn't approach that movie though either. I right? don't think it's no, it's nowhere. Yeah. It's not as not as it's not as close a call. That's for sure. Yeah, that is like the disastrous version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, also even better than Muck because I mean that was our litmus for the longest time. Oh wow, so yeah. this is better than Muck. Okay, yeah, but not as bad uh, as I mean it's worse than Nick Fury, <laughs> and also worse than Truth or Dare. And remember that same year we also had uh, Holmes and Watson. <laughs> that is that is very true. I still, I still have yet to watch that director's cut on Netflix, so I'll let you know. Oh, director's <laughs> cut of Truth or Dare? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure the Madonna, are... not the Madonna documentary, but that that shitty Blumhouse movie. No, the Madonna documentary is about twenty times more interesting than Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. <laughs> Uh, so I, I mean, it's real people. You get to see them be that, weird and stuff. That coke well, bottle scene alone. oh and on that note uh we're gonna take a brief break and we'll be right back what were they thinking what were they thinking is brought to you by hostgator hostgator is a leading provider of shared reseller vps and dedicated hosting solutions award-winning support is available 24 7 365 days a year via phone email and live chat Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they and we're back. 
we're back. Mm, if you're just tuning in now, although I don't know how because this is not a radio station, uh, it's time for the low haiku. Yes, the, the low haiku. Uh, 17 perfect syllables. Uh, not 15, but 17 perfect syllables uh, to describe this movie. So, John, as our guest, would you like to begin with your low haiku? Sure. Jenna Fisher, Judy Greer, cannot save this Eastwood film. Pros let down heroes. Very good. Very good. Uh, Nathan, would you like to read your haiku? Yes, I would. Clint has done better. Couldn't really have done worse. It's no perfect world. I just saw that movie not that long ago. It's considerably better. Considerably better than this. There is one weird scene where Kevin Costner talks about a young boy's penis. It's even not. It's also kind of weird when Oliver Plath tries to touch that penis. (laughs) Yes, it is. Is it Oliver Platt that does that? I thought it was Oliver Platt. Oh, maybe. It's, it's an Oliver Platt-esque performer, at least. I will have to. I will have to research and okay. get back to you. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Here's my haiku. Uh, they're real life heroes. Hey, Clint. Actors do exist, and decent writers. Thank you. Yes. And now we're going to jump out. <laughs> we're out of NPR. Back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Thank you. <laughs> Nathan, John, mm-hmm. listeners, God. We talked about this movie. <laughs> Gents. <laughs> Gents. Sorry, I forgot. Gents. Uh... We talked about this movie, but what do we always say? Well, we always say... Don't take a word for us! All right, that's right. Don't take our word for it. Nathan, people didn't care for this movie. No, no, they didn't. And, you know, with, um, with good reason. 23% of the critics thought it was a good movie. Mm. 38% of the audience thought it was a good movie. That is that is too high for me. <laughs> that, is, that is a little scary. 23 seems uh, reasonable. 38 is... I just... I don't understand it. Well, let's talk about the critics' reviews here. So I've got... Uh, my first one here is from uh, Josephine Livingstone of the New Republic. I presume. she says they're all handsome but just appalling actors this disjuncture is impossible to forget while watching the film and it's very uncomfortable (laughs) those ugly bad actors (laughs) or i guess i guess handsome bad actors sorry that i I kept coming back to that word too uncomfortable like every scene was just like this is i'm 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 very uncomfortable this is not I don't like this. <laughs> it's like you're watching something you shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. Matt Brunson from mm-hmm. Film Frenzy wrote, Clint Eastwood has directed 
37 motion pictures over the course of 41 years, yet none have been as painful to watch as this one. That is a true statement. He's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, me? Yeah, so I I got uh, Will Leach, Pace Magazine. It's like watching butter melt at room temperature. (laughs) (laughs) Roasted. Um, this is a positive review, but the way it's worded, I think you could also turn it as a negative review. Uh, Ben Sachs of the Chicago Reader says, The 1517 to Paris shows that the 87-year-old director is still capable of surprises. Okay. (laughs) In the sense that he made a terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Bill Chambers... Uh, from Film Freak Central, he actually gave it a positive review, and um, man, this is it, it's it's short, but it's it's a mind blowing uh, review. The fifteen seventeen to Paris is vital filmmaking, almost in spite of itself. What? Three out of four. <laughs> wow. But. <laughs> I don't like any of that. <laughs> I has one for uh, Tim Roby with Daily Telegraph. It's a narrative of, of of most nothing interesting happening until the moment of crisis in the very last reel. Yep, I got one more here um, from Nicholas Bell of IonCinema.com. For evidence of why narrative filmmaking is generally assisted by the designation of actors who have learned at least some facets of their craft. Look no further than Clint Eastwood's egregiously inauthentic experiment. That is a slam and a half. Um, I have one from Andy Lee from the Daily Star in the UK. Mm-hmm. And he writes, The acting feels stilted and the setup seems aimless. Too often it feels like you're watching a stranger's holiday videos. So that's what, what I, I thought, honestly. That's travelogue. It's a, yeah. It's, a, it's like your teacher is like, hey, I don't want to teach you anything today. I went on vacation. Here, you want to watch my vacation videos? <laughs> Which happened to me in high school. I, it happened to me in elementary school. My French teacher. Oh, yeah. No, it was elementary And it was school. a slideshow. Oh, God. Right? Our science teacher decided to show us that, and then she talked about Jesus for a half an hour. I, You know, I believe we have that separation here in Canada as well. I I think we do. Um, it yeah. was an odd class, to say the least. <laughs> Tom, Tom Schoen with the Sunday Times UK. Not a major Eastwood film, but undeniably stirring. Mm. I don't know what it stirred. It stirred something in me, but not in a good way. <laughs> so he's talking about uh, Million Dollar Baby or uh, <laughs> Unforgiven. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he po- posted that to the wrong site. Okay, well, those are the critics. Those are the critics. And let's move on to the audience reviews. The geniuses of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Snake pit. (laughs) I've got one here from... And their name is simply JM. So it could be John Mulaney. Well, let's hear it and I'll tell you. (laughs) Do it in his voice. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I could do it, John Mulaney. (laughs) I have total admiration to the gentleman who took down the terrorists. Absolutely grateful to them for their courage. 
However, that said, I have zero interest in seeing the backstory of these guys, especially when the performances are plagued with high school level acting. The opening portion of the film is so annoying with the overacting, I feared for a moment that the 1517 corresponded to the actual only decent minutes of the film. <laughs> One and a half stars. So about 15 or 17 good minutes. In- <laughs> yep. Um, well, uh, Jess R. gave it four stars. Jessica Rabbit. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and she wrote... Just watched it today and was fully engaged in the story. I think it stopped short of amazing. There's so much more I want to see and learn. Couldn't help but research the three Americans afterwards because the story is so fascinating. Good what story? Just what story? drawn badly. The <laughs> <laughs> story is fascinating, just drawn badly. Put it on the poster. <laughs> I'm just drawn that way. John, mm. it, it's the story, you know, the story that we all just talked about. Well, Tom, Tom P. says he wish he had missed the train. <laughs> oh, wow. Tom. Oh, Tom. That's, that's, that's classic Tom, by the way. <laughs> classic, classic Tom. Uh, Terry D. gives it five stars. He says, we found the acting to be very good, except for one of the actors who was just average. After finishing the movie, we Googled to see if it was based on a real-life story. That's insane. How could you not know watching this movie? We were shocked to realize that the actors are not actors at all. They are the real-life heroes. My wife and I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Not everyone's life is fast-paced, and this movie took it slow. But they are real lives, and we appreciate these heroes sharing their story with us. To rate this lower than five is to miss the point. This isn't an action movie. This is real life. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, very deep. Uh, Susan S., uh, two white Americans... Risk their lives in hundreds. Oh no. Story bogs down in part, but they're but better than ninety-nine percent of the stuff coming out of Hollywood. Four stars. Wow. No if this was better than ninety-nine percent of the stuff coming out of Hollywood, I would not watch movies ever. (laughs) Wait a minute. He started off by saying two white Americans. What about that part? No, Anthony wasn't there. What are you talking about? Because they left let's out erra- the black guy just like the British guy got left out of the movie. Let's erase some, let's erase some more history. This is, this is uh, they really, uh, what's that Roland Emmerich movie where he like changed the color of every character? It was about oh, like God. the, um, oh God. It was about like the, um, the uh, like gay, anti-gay like protests or something. Stonewall? That's the one. Okay. Yeah, he whitewashed the shit out of that movie. So I'm assuming it's Roland Emmerich under a pseudonym. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I was trying to get at. (laughs) So Drew A says the critics are wrong. (laughs) I could just stop there. Eastwood shows he has balls by casting real life characters to play themselves. And it adds an air of reality to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I live for these positive reviews. All right. This person uh, preferred to remain anonymous, and uh, they gave this movie four stars. The main point, guys, that's life. Nothing really interesting happens till it does. 
And sometimes, in retrospect, your whole life made you make or fail the test. Brendan W. <laughs> yep, four fucking stars. Give oh, this thing God. an Oscar. I thought he was just going to recite the lyrics to the Facts of Life theme song. <laughs> you, you take the good and you take them bad. Yeah. <laughs> you got different strokes. Wait. Yeah. It's all the same. Right. Uh, I got a review here from Bob D. I'm assuming Bob, it's Bob Dylan. Oh, wait, you got you to do the voice. Horrible acting by the three main characters. One star. <laughs> I like to think Bob Dylan took the time to write that review. <laughs> I oh. I got one here, and I'm not. You guys can do any voice if you want. I'm not doing a. This is a Michael J, Michael J voice, so I'm not touching that. Michael J. Pollard. <laughs> sure, Michael okay. Michael Jeter. <laughs> Michael, Michael Michael Jeter passed, didn't he? Years ago. Uh, well, I guess you won't be able to read this review then, John. <laughs> Okay. Um, he said, I didn't realize the actors were the actual heroes. I added a half a star for that. What? <laughs> <laughs> I added a half a star because Clint Eastwood cast the real people. <laughs> yeah. Let me be clear. When he added a half a star, he had zero stars before then. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. This one, okay. I'll, I'll read this, this. I got one more here. It's from another anonymous reviewer, and uh, seems which seems to be a trend here. <laughs> Great film. Those distracted by the need for a visual high due to them being overstimulated, which of course causes them to look beyond the message displayed, are those who typically miss the mark in life, as is, and usually lack the ability to to do what was displayed in the movie, which is intestinal fortitude with a (laughs) mindset of an unwavering will to sacrifice one's well-being and comfort for the sake of others. This film is not self-serving and therefore will not cater to the community that is. Hence why some people won't get it. How many stars? Four and a half. Okay. (laughs) I just like how fucking sanctimonious these reviews are. (laughs) Well, I've got one uh, from Candace C. So I'm only assuming it's Candace Cameron. I hope so. Um, She writes, this is a very good movie. Love that the three heroes all played themselves. <laughs> That's it. Four, four stars. Classic. Yeah. Here's here's a one star. It was clever putting the real heroes in the acting spotlight, but the movie's long stretches and amberished acting are too plentiful. That's <laughs> that's Garen Garen M. By the way. Okay. All right. Garrett Morris. Is that what you said? G A R I N. Garrett. Oh, Garrett. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh my God. That would have been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Garrett Morris was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? I said that was my last one, but I got to read one more. Okay. This is from uh, Andrew F., uh, who gives it four stars. Given that the moment of drama lasted only a couple of minutes, the buildup needed to comprise most of the film. The three heroes pulled it off well, and the slow-paced tour of Europe with so many details like ice cream flavors, the interior of St. Mark's, stations and restaurants, take the audience on tour with interest and realism, perhaps not to the taste of those who would rather see Tom Cruise jump from helicopter to train in a tunnel but a pleasant watch for those who have been on a similar tour and with an exciting ending. Four stars. You know what All I'd right. rather seen? I'd rather seen Tom Cruise jump from a train in a tunnel. 
Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would have rather seen Tom Cruise, um, you know, uh, find Brian Brown dead on a boat. But, I mean, <laughs> my love for cocktail aside, this there's several things that I would have rather watched than this movie. Guys, I'm just going to throw down the gauntlet. I would have rather seen Tom Cruise fight a mummy. Fair, and we have actually covered that movie, and I it would is, say that this was—I had more fun watching that than this. And that movie is not that good. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, remember when there was hope we were going to get this whole monster universe thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, that was a, I mean, I, I, it, blessing in disguise, uh, because <laughs> it flopped so hard. We got Bloomhouse's Invisible Man. Yeah, which is quite good. That movie was great. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, 1517 to Paris. We'll talk about, let's talk about what's coming up next week before we go any further. Uh, so next week, Nathan, it would normally be your pick, but guess what? A Patreon pick is taken over. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good one. Um, so give us a little hint. By the way, this is coming from Steve and Izzy. Give us a little hintsky as uh, what's coming up. Vampires in Wyoming. <laughs> Boom. Awesome. All right. So that is coming up. And uh, now, before we go any further than that. Oh, and I should say, too, our awards are coming up in two weeks as well. So get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Get your some... finery. Yeah. We, we, we will actually be the only award show where everybody will be there. Yeah. We are going to be like in, um, I mean, everybody's going to be via closed circuit, but Mm. it's, it's not on Skype. We actually set up, um, 150 closed circuit televisions. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that formal attire guys? Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. You should have saw the backless Vera Wang that Brendan wore to last year's ceremony to die for. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the bonnet really helped too. (laughs) I mean, it really, it tied the whole ensemble together. That's true. That's true. Um, and, and make sure, you know, obviously wear your trucker cap. Yes. With the Von Dutch on the backwards. So you can yeah. see the netting in the front, too. But don't have WrestleMania written on it because that one's up for an award. So Right. Well, but it will be there. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have its own seat. It should. Yeah. So, Nathan, mm-hmm. is uh, Montrose Monkington around? Yes, yes, he is. I will very, get him. Very, very exciting, John. You get to meet a chimp uh, live here. Again. <laughs> Hello! It's good friend Montrose Monkington III here. Uh, a good afternoon to you, John. It is, it is nice to meet you. Good. Good to meet you, Montrose. Oh, oh such, a, such a nice chap. You, you must be from the, the southern states with your, with your manners and whatnot. I, I'm what they call a gent. Oh, a gent. Uh, do you enjoy God and guns? <laughs> some okay some of that i do and some of it i don't well we are well met then sir uh i would like to take this time to invite you and all of the listeners of what were they thinking uh to to enjoy my youtube channel uh montrose monkington tv i don't talk about uh, terrible movies uh moreover i talk about usually the wrestling um, and if you would like to also be friends with me, or you can do so on Facebook in the group uh, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends. Uh, but if you just like to to keep things cash, as the kids say, uh, you can tweet at me on Twitter at Montrose the Third. Uh, that's number three uh, D. Thank you. More later. 
Thank you, Montrose. You're welcome. John, you have a podcast I mentioned at the top of the show. Where can people find your podcast? I do have a podcast called uh, Best Movie of the Year So Far with the idea of literally talking about the best movie of the year so far. Mm -hmm. Obviously, 2020 is a little different, so there hasn't been a, a wealth of good movies this year. Mm-hmm. But it, but it is out there on all the major channels, and you can hear me. Um, in fact, by the time you listen to this, you can hear me talking about uh, Spike Lee's latest movie, um, The Five Bloods. Oh, cool. I want to see that. Obviously, currently your best movie of the year uh, ranked at the top is Fantasy Island. I mean, I, I just assume I didn't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. I did, but but I, I have not seen that one. But one I one I did see that is at the bottom of the list. Speaking <laughs> of that, is. Um, uh, the Call of the Wild, the Harrison Ford uh, movie. Oh, the fake dog movie. Oh. <laughs> God, damn. every time I see that trailer, I'm like, why bother? <laughs> Although I will put this out there right now for everyone listening. If anyone out there knows, or if you have a link, or if you know someone that worked on that movie, if you have footage of Harrison Ford acting with the dude who did mocap for that dog. You need to send it to us. You need to tweet us. You need to email us, do whatever you can. I need to see that footage. Oh, that'd be awesome. I absolutely <laughs> have to see it because you know, it's out there and you know, it's just the most wonderful thing. <laughs> I, I think I feel that movie did serve one purpose. Uh, and that would be that awesome meme uh, that showed uh, Han and Chewie. Uh, as the before picture and Harrison Ford and the dog uh, with the after picture as in after the drugs wore off, you realize you weren't going on a fantastic space adventure uh, with your tall, hairy friend. <laughs> oh, so John is recommending the call of the wild. Nope. No, no, no. Um, I guess we just figured out. I guess we've just figured out what he's coming back for next time. <laughs> um and uh and yeah and that's those are those are the plugs yo um you can find us on all the podcatchers just search for us what were they thinking we're out there obviously you know you're listening right now find us on uh twitter at wwtt podcast we're on facebook or on patreon.com slash wwtt podcast we're all over the place t pub t public i almost said t bubble just combining them both you're gonna say t pain (laughs) t bag on a boat motherfucker on a boat don't you ever forget. Right. Uh, T Public, Redbubble, all that good stuff. Find us and enjoy. Talk to us. We like hearing from you when you're polite. For the most part, yeah. Like a southern, like a southern gentleman like John, who also Ooh. has his gods and his guns. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <Woo>. Tennessee. <laughs> so once Tennessee. again, before... <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee. Before Am we I the, uh, the rest of development, no, I got it. I was with you. I was with you. Take, take me to another place. Right. Thank you. Before Nathan uh, gets all quizzical here, because he's probably going to ask me a couple questions. Um, I just want to thank John once again for joining us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you for giving us this uh, wonderful film. And <laughs> way better and, than postal. Uh, way better than postal. Better than postal. Yeah. It is. But Nathan, mm-hmm. got any questions? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I got a few here. Okay. Um, so this movie, it had uh, Academy Award winning director Clint Eastwood at the helm. <laughs> sure did. And it had a, a myriad of 
very, very talented uh, supporting cast um, in, in like the flashback scenes, uh, all of whom were either portrayed um, as uh, complete idiots um, or devout Christians. Accurate. Right. So with a movie like that, where you can afford to get um, actors um, to play the teachers and parents uh, of these um, these fine gentlemen who are legitimately heroes in real life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can't be bothered to find, you know, even just people who look alike. I mean, Jaleel White could have been a friend in this movie i'm already casting this with other people who were in this movie who could have been in this movie who yep. were in this movie Her- herc from the wire can play spencer i'm in okay I'm in. so in a situation where with, with all of that happening mm-hmm. i i really need to know lay it on me my man what were they thinking Steven, is it? At eilfm.podbean.com.